So how many businesses have you owned? I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Dozens? Dozens. And yeah. I've probably gotten dozens of dollars out of it. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I just had to try a bunch of things. And I already was a risk taker. I've always been a risk taker. You can't be an entrepreneur if you're not a risk taker to a certain extent. You know, business side note, the skills are the skills. That's why you go to school and you acquire the skills, because then it really doesn't matter what industry it's in, mm-hmm. as long as you can apply them. So whether it's running the shop or running the markets or selling sewing machines or building houses, it's all the same skills, just applied differently. Right. I'm just not motivated by money. I'm motivated by by people optimization. Well, what's in it for me is being able to look back and say, look at all these people who have had the greater impact than I could have ever had. Mm-hmm. That even if I only played a small part in helping them, you know, to become successful or to achieve something great or to help other people, you know, that's what that's what matters. Sure. And I think that's also such a huge piece of why the financial part of what I do and my work is not important to me because I would rather have kids that grow up and make an impact than a buck. I I put a lot on my kids. They understand clearly that their job is not to please me with what they do, but to please God with what they do. Because what so- it is, is bringing people together creating all of these amazing things and then sending those amazing things out into the world. Mm -hmm. And so that's the idea of the spoke. Welcome to the Yard of Business. I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds, how they built their businesses and what their secrets for success are. Today, I'm joined with Miss Dacia Mitchell. She is the co-creator of the Spoke Dade City Marketplace and Visitor Center. They're located at 37800 Church Avenue in Dade City, Florida. You can also find them on Facebook at The Spoke Dade City. Dacia is a mother and a loving wife. She's a volunteer, a believer in Christ, an extremely experienced business person. She's an event sales director, a holistic health coach, an entrepreneur, and a college graduate, just to name a few. She's a very caring person who is more interested in helping others achieve their financial success than she is for herself. She has a lot of insights to share about running businesses. She tells us her different secrets for success. We talk about her past businesses and her future plans. But before we just dive into it, Dacia and I talk about Square foot gardening. Oh, yeah. So um, when Dan and I met, I don't know, there's this story that comes up all the time about asparagus. If you've ever talked to Dan, um, you'll know the one that I mean. But um, he just was always really into gardening. We were both into the outdoors and all that fun stuff. And um, he was the one that got me hooked on square foot gardening. And then we had an opportunity a couple years ago. Um, the creator of the method, Mel Bartholomew, was actually doing a teacher's workshop in the Claremont area. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to completely geek out when I meet this guy. But I've got to get over there and learn straight from the man. And um, that's all she wrote. I don't know. I, I went around and taught classes, um, taught a bunch of garden clubs and Wow. You know, it's kind of just like a foolproof thing. Learn to feed a family in a four by four square foot space for an entire year in five minutes. And it's it's just a very cool, 
Very okay. cool thing to do. Were so. you level one, level two? Were there different? There were different levels, right? Yeah, no. So there's only one level, and that's how oh. I joke with like master gardeners because it takes them ten years to learn what I can teach in five minutes because it's <laughs> it's really that simple. And I hate to oversimplify it like that, but it really is that simple. Yeah. Um. So no, it's just like a you know. A couple, I mean, you, you do it forever. You learn when you do. And I think that that is, uh, that's something that I do not only in gardening, but in parenting and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the class was just like over a weekend and hmm. super immersive and just okay. a cool experience. A lot of cool people that are still friends. And any, any fun stories from your time coaching it? Any, any interesting things that really stand out from your time being a garden coach? Oh man. <laughs> no, I'll give you a challenge though, because this says a lot. I really okay. wanted to put the gardens in schools. Okay. And was told that I couldn't because gardens bring bugs. Okay. So I love being in Pasco County because what I have found up here is that our schools have gardens. And mm. I think that that is so important because, you know, growing things at home, your kids eat things. And so knowing where your food comes from <laughs> is super important. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Wow. That feels like forever ago. It really wasn't. We're going to start doing it at the Spoke again, though, which we'll get to in oh, a minute. Nice. I've had some requests. So. Okay. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. Come learn how to garden in five minutes. Right on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so Dacia, let's um, now let's kind of start to set the foundation on this thing. And I want to get to know you a little bit. So are you from Oklahoma originally? No, I am sixth generation Tampa, dude. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. Old you, school Tampa. You graduated from Oklahoma Wesleyan? Wesleyan, is that right? Wesleyan, yeah. Oklahoma Wesleyan University. I did. Okay. And that's in Oklahoma, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you... Born here, moved out there for a little bit and came back or? No, I did all that online. Oh, gotcha. I have been in college for 24 years straight. Wow. I love school. I'm I'm just one of those perpetual learners. Yeah. I will never not be in college. Mostly because I can't afford to pay my student loans off at this point. So I just got to keep chugging (laughs) along. But (laughs) yeah. So um, what, what type of things were you into back when you were a kid? Did you? So I actually grew up dancing. I, I. I did dancing and singing and theater and that was, you know, where my life was supposed to go. I danced six days a week, sang six days a week, um, went to high school for performing arts in Tampa, thought I was going to college for performing arts, you know, okay. danced with, you know, for people that know Gregory Hines and Savion Glover and Ann Ranking and all these really cool, amazing people. Um, and then my senior year of high school, my vocal cords hemorrhaged and oh. I could not like everything my whole life suddenly imploded oh for no wow reason. so then I really had no idea what I wanted to do I mean I can still sing I do I had a music studio for a while top voice for a while was in lots of bands and you know before I had kids that was a lot of fun um I still bands? sing karaoke hmm? what kind of music were you what kind of, what kind of mostly bands? jazz jazz okay. standards and, okay yeah I mean kind of anything you know for weddings you branch out a little more but what what, what uh, instruments did you play? Ugh, guitar, bass, piano, clarinet, viola. I don't know, all sorts of stuff. I was never good at any of them. I played at them. I mean, singing really was my focus. Okay. I actually turned down a record deal with Sony Records because I did not want to have to, you know, at the time it was sort of like the age of Sarah McLachlan and and all of those like folk singing women and that was where they were trying to pigeonhole me in and I'm like can't make me play guitar <laughs> and sing. I just want to sing. And I was such a snob. Wow. Oh, gosh. I just look back and want to kick myself. But I don't think because of my personality, I don't think I would have survived the industry on that professional level. Yeah. So I am 
Did yeah. you sing with like other people? Were you like a no? I'm, wow, I'm a one okay. woman show. Did I you am ever all record you anything can take. At all, Most people, this is it. That's all yeah. you need. Yeah. No, Did you ever I record had, anything? Um, like amateur not, recording or anything? No. Okay. I had some amateur. Yeah, I don't even know where they are. To yeah. be honest, it was just a piece of my life that I literally boxed up and shoved somewhere, and I I couldn't even tell you. But um, <laughs> I played with a couple of groups of guys in Tampa that were really good. Um, we used to play at this place called St. Bart's Island House and the old Fox, not the new Fox. Yeah, oh, I don't know, all over. But that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. But then I, you know, I guess going back to your question, then what? So since I didn't go to college for that, I ended up doing a little bit of everything. I actually started off in construction and um, was going to be a general contractor. Then I got knocked up and couldn't go on job sites pregnant anymore because it was too much of a liability for the companies that I worked with. And I continued to be pregnant, I guess, for another, I don't know, what was that, 12 years? Mm. So, and it was, you know, that was a blessing too. I ended up getting out of that industry in 06, right before the big crash in 09. So, um, but, you know, good times, same thing, like just artistry. Like we did amazing custom built houses in the Palmasia area. And Mm -hmm. I worked for, one of the most amazing women that I think exists in the face of the planet, Tara Hood. Um, she's awesome. And yeah, so that was good times. And then, and then what? I don't know. I've just done a little bit of everything. Lots of retail, hmm. um, lots of nonprofit work. Okay. What kind of nonprofit work? I was with the Straz Center back when it was the Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center. Oh, wow. Worked okay. on the Capitol campaign to build their education facility. Gotcha. Um, so I did that, and then I left there when the campaign was over. You know, we, we raised our $35 million and moved on. Um, you raised $35 million mm-hmm. for, for the Straz? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to how build, you go about doing that? So they have the, um, the Patel Conservatory, which is, you know, like we had to build an actual building for that. And then um, they do all sorts of great public service and classes that are accessible and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quality educators, and mm-hmm. it was great. Loved my time there. Absolutely loved my time there. Yeah. Got to see a lot of great shows. Front Row Center for Bowie, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, ended that campaign, moved on. What I don't even know what I did after that. Hmm. I guess I had kids at that point. Sold a lot of sewing machines for a while, taught <laughs> quilting classes. Okay. You sold sewing machines? I did. Okay. Yeah. Was that an online yeah. business you did or something? No, or? no. Worked for shops locally in Tampa, taught classes in quilting, and um, huh. okay. sold a lot of stuff. If you own a sewing machine in Tampa, you probably bought it for me. Okay. Um, I don't know. What else? Everything. I've literally done everything. Name a job. <laughs> like reach in a hat, pull out a job. I've probably done it for yeah. a minute. Are you from a large family, uh, lots of brothers and sisters, or? uh, So, (laughs) that's complicated. Um, I have 15 brothers and sisters, and eight brothers and seven sisters. They're all steps and halves, but I was raised by myself, by my grandparents. Understood. More blessings. Blessings just keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, I had a really, really unique upbringing. Okay. Um. Are you still in contact with everybody? Is that, it's a big family. I haven't even met all of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. Like face to face, I have not even actually met all of them. And here's another fun story. Dan and I were walking out of Ikea one day and there's this guy walking in and I'm like, man, that guy looks so familiar. And the guy's looking at me and I'm looking at him and how do I know you? And you know, we're, we're both sitting there figuring out and Dan's like, I don't even know. And then I finally figured out he's one of my brothers. 
And uh, that's happened more than once. Nice. Actually, so. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah, fun times. Right on. Okay, What's the next question? Cool. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Okay. Um, are, are they local here? Or are they just spread all over the country? Oh, yeah. No, I have a couple here that I'm yeah. I'm definitely closer with. Um, my brother, Alex, YouTube star, whatever. He's, what does he do on he's YouTube? He's a cool guy. Um, the Wads. I don't, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've not watched it. Okay, I yeah. hope he doesn't yeah, yeah. listen to this. Um, but no, they're, I don't know. He's actually like famous on YouTube. I don't even know what his wife started packing lunches and now they're multi-bajillionaires and doing really well um, with nice. all their cool kids. And, okay. uh, but he's been at it for years. He's incredibly talented. Um, he has taught some stuff with uh, Smart Start for Dan. Okay. You know, just in social media and how to YouTube. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's kind of the man about town for that sort of thing. Um my other brother, Kurt, is local, pretty close with him. And then um, probably the sister that I talk to the most is my sister, Farah, who is in the Navy. She and her husband are both in the Navy, and they're stationed in Key West, mm. which if I could get that post, maybe I would have been in the Navy, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, no guarantees, right? Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, and now, so you're also a holistic health coach at Trinity Wellness. Yes, So yes. how long have you been a health coach? Um, about three years. And yeah, you know, that's one of those things where I just have a huge heart for people and helping people have an opportunity to like achieve their optimal state, right? Um, What has been really interesting about the health coaching journey is that as a believer, you know, it tends to center a lot on Eastern medicine. Um, so kind of like finding my own way in that industry has been kind of a journey in and of itself. Um, but I, I do not think that you can evaluate health apart from God. And so I won't. And, um, and so that it's always a, a big focus of, of the individuals that I coach. Mm-hmm. Most of it has been in um, working with people who are diabetic and helping them to sort of just get their physical health in order as a step one. Yeah. Um, and then the rest, you know, the, the momentum builds from there. I am, you know, like I said, I'm still in school, right? So, um, I am getting my master's in licensed mental health counseling. So I will have an actual state license that will allow me to really do more um, with my health coaching practice. And mm. that is through the same school that I went to seminary from when I was a pastor. Mm. Um, what school is that? Hmm? Is that Oklahoma? Wesley? Asbury. Oh, okay. So they're based out of Kentucky, but we have campuses in Orlando and Tampa here gotcha. in Florida. Okay. Um, okay. But a Wesleyan, Wesleyan school, Methodist, whatever Wesleyan. Um, yeah, but I, so what all is involved with being a holistic health coach? Like what all is involved with, 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 co- with coaching people holistically? What, what, what all is, what yeah, well, I also have a, a, a certificate from Cornell in nutrition. So nice. like I really balance the, the health aspect of the like social, emotional, spiritual wellness as well. So you're not sleeping. Let's find out why. Is it because you're overweight and potentially need to go be seen you know, by another doctor because you have other underlying health conditions that are contributing to that? Or is it because your marriage is miserable or you're miserable at work or you have strained relationships that need to be evaluated? And mm-hmm. and how do we start to, you know, address those things and kind of resolve some of that? Um, 
I think that every single person benefits from having some sort of counseling or coaching or outside perspective that can just come in and say like, you know, hey, life seems to be going really good for you. That's awesome. Let's discover why and keep that pace up. Or, you know, maybe things aren't optimal right now. Let's yeah. address it, you know. Sure. And well, what, what motivated you to, to, was there something that happened that motivated you to become a, a coach, a health coach? Or was it just sort of a calling that you just, it's just time to do it? Or I mean, you're looking at it. It really just stemmed from me going, I'm not where I want to be. How do I start to explore that? You know, I mean, obviously there's a lot on my plate. I did kind of let my health, you know, become an issue for a little while. Um, And so just in my own personal journey of starting to explore those things and making my own life changes and, and learning more and finding out more. And then of course you get into all of the fun conspiracy stuff about, you know, corporate medicine and, and how government plays with food and the things that we're doing by having Coca-Cola sponsor school lunches and, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, there are so many underlying causes that, that make it really difficult for people to see the forest through the trees. And so you start to blame yourself for your health Mm. and you're only one piece of the responsibility. There's a whole social system constructed to put you where you are and try to keep you there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's where that outside perspective really helps. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. So now, Daisha, when I was over there, uh, I was at the spoke last week and I talked to you for a few few minutes there and you mentioned how you owned a business in Tampa called the main street homestead. Mm -hmm. So what was that business all about? Yeah. uh, Main Street Homestead was urban farming, wellness, holistic living. I mean, maybe that was a piece of where all of this started. It that kind of just came from our family wanting to be more in the earth and more self-sufficient. And, you know, jokingly, it was also the time when everybody was kind of becoming a prepper and doing that that whole thing, which was a whole lot of fun. Um, I do not have a bug out bag, but I've talked about getting one put together a lot. Um, but it just was again. So the square foot gardening thing had happened, you know, maybe five years before that we got into backyard chickens. Mm -hmm. I want to do everything certified organic. So I was having to drive six hours to get organic feed. And so I said, I'll just get a pallet of feed and see if other people maybe want to help me split this pallet. And then the next thing you know, I'm ordering, you know, 4,000 pounds of feet a week and <laughs> delivering it in my little car all over town with my kids in the back. Like we've got some great pictures from that, you know, driving all over central Florida. Yeah. Delivering for free just to make it accessible to people. Okay. Um, so that's the backyard. I was going to ask you about backyardchickens.com. So that was that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So gotcha. that's how I ended up on the backyard chicken site. But then, <laughs> so that was like, well, now I have so much feed, I need a warehouse. So I got a warehouse and then the warehouse had a cute little storefront and I said, Oh, I'll put a cute little storefront in here. And then the next thing you know, you know, I'm showing everybody how to use doTERRA oils and organically feed their chickens. And so how did you find, so you just kind of, you found a warehouse, opened a store. How did you, there's a lot of steps. You just kind of yada, yada. Do, yeah. Right? I mean, how did you find the warehouse and start the store and how did you do all that? Yeah. You know, I, I say it fast. It really wasn't fast like from, <laughs> yeah, from the, the first chickens, you know, living in my bedroom to a warehouse was probably two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
there was just like some warehouse space up the street. And, you know, so I just walked up and talked to the guy and signed Mm -hmm. a lease. And then the warehouse became a really beautiful storefront in the middle of, um, of our neighborhood right off of, um, North Boulevard area. And, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and then the store became all sorts of things, and I was selling pellet smokers because it was the healthiest way to like smoke meat and all sorts of. We had the best library and teaching quilting classes, and you know, we had a classroom space, and lots of people came in, and we taught classes for permaculture, and I don't know, you know, you meet people, and you realize that there's a whole network of people that are doing all these great things, and mm-hmm. um, and we're weird. Like I don't know if Dan mentioned it. I guess I won't say it, but we don't have a computer at home, and we don't. Like, none of our kids have phones. My son that lives out of state does not have a phone. Like, you don't need that stuff. So I'm I'm not, like, a full-on, you know, Luddite or whatever, but we, (laughs) I, like, do not like technology. Sure, Like, I'm very not into technology, and I don't want it to be a part of my kids' lives. I feel like they get enough of it. You know, I've had parents, like, finger shake at me, like, oh, you're, (laughs) this is child abuse. Like, no, it's not, because my kids can build a fort, and they can grow stuff. And, (laughs) you know, when it all hits the fan, which it will, then... Yeah. We're going to be fine and I'm going to have my little mini liquor bottles and I'm not going to I'm not going to barter with you. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So what about I found another business called Beneficial Human in quote yeah. Inc. What was that one? Yeah, so that was um when I got really big into the square foot gardening thing. Okay. Dumb name, but like beneficial insects are like hugely a part of like what makes your garden work. And so Beneficial mm. Human was sort of my first foray into like everyone is is somehow a piece of the organism right like Mm -hmm. we all have a function we all have a purpose what is that purpose how do we Mm -hmm. how do we start to live that out through volunteer activities or you know the gardening I mean that's how we started trying to get into doing the gardens at the schools and the public gardens and Mm -hmm. um yeah but that that was kind of the start of the square foot gardening becoming a thing okay um and then that's how I got involved with the whole home show and all that good stuff, selling all the square foot gardening stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how many businesses have you owned? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Dozens? Dozens. And yeah. I've probably gotten dozens of dollars out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, did, where does your business background, the knowledge come from? I mean, did you just decide you want to be an entrepreneur and just, I just want to start, I'm just going to do it and figure it out? Is that what you did? Yeah, no, uh, you know, same thing. That just goes back to that school thing. And, and you know, again, that blessing of the hemorrhaging of the vocal cords. At that point, I just had to try a bunch of things. And I already was a risk taker. I've always been a risk taker. You can't be an entrepreneur if you're not a risk taker to a certain extent. Um, but just some marketing classes that I took way back at H to the double C. And um, I did an internship for the Navy back then that Mm. I think was my first dive into understanding people engagement which sounds really bizarre but it was all about psychological manipulation to get people to join the navy but um (laughs) anyway interesting but yeah I don't know so you know you take a couple business classes then you go here's an idea here's a problem let me solve this problem Mm. and you know I think the thing that is funny for me is that the one thing I am not motivated by is money. Really could not care less. I mean, and that is evident. And even when I started at the Performing Arts Center on that capital campaign, it was as a volunteer just coming on and saying like, hey, I don't mind working for you for free for a couple months. And then after a couple months had 
made myself such an integral part of the process that when I went, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done working for free. They went, Oh no, you weren't. Yeah. You, you can't actually, leave, so <laughs> here's a job. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just not motivated by money. I'm motivated by, by people optimization. Sure. And that is really difficult for people to wrap their minds around. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's gotta be something in it for you, right? Like what's in it for you? Well, what's in it for me is, being able to look back and say, look at all these people who have had the greater impact than I could have ever had. Mm-hmm. That even if I only played a small part in helping them, you know, to become successful or to achieve something great or to help other people, you know, that's what that's what matters. Sure, sure. So I just sort of dip my toe in and, you know, and I get bored fast. I probably have ADD. I should, I should probably look into that. <laughs> I should look into that. I'm a starter. Yeah. I'm yeah. not so much a finisher. Do you have any mentors, anybody you can lean on whenever you, you, you bump up into something that you just not really sure? Do you have a phone number you can, you can call? Yeah. My sweetheart, <laughs> poor guy has to listen to it all day long, <laughs> all day. Poor yeah. Dan. <laughs> and the thing that Dan didn't tell you about himself is that he also does all of the things that I should be doing. Like uh, he gets up early in the morning and packs the kids lunch and takes them to school and okay. brings them coffee and then makes their dinner. So he really like gives gives me rain to just be this like bizarre creative community minded person that's just out there doing whatever random thing I'm out there doing and yeah I love and it just yeah smiles and nods and goes yes dear whatever you yeah know. I love it okay so so perfect so and so you're also a mother and, and you're married so you have six beautiful children and you're married to uh, Mr. Dan Mitchell and you guys have been married now for over 12 years yeah um, now when I had Dan on the show he told me a really cool story about how you he uh, proposed to you on the Glenn Beck show yeah really cool story I don't know why I didn't yes. find it when I was doing my research but I didn't um so he gave me his side of the story I'm curious from your perspective were you expecting it? Were, were, were you ready for that? Or? No. And I like totally dropped some <laughs> inappropriate bombs on the, like oh, no. I hear Glenn Beck's voice on the other line and all of a sudden it's bleep, 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 Glenn Beck. <laughs> like, it was like, I really did not expect it. I actually was super mad at him because whatever, I'm a controlling person, right? Like I wanted to pick the ring. I picked the ring. I knew he had it. And then we went out to some nice Italian dinner and then I was all salty because I didn't get my ring and I'm like, what is going on here? And then, you know, the next thing, you know, Glenn Beck calls me at work and I just totally lose it. It was awesome. It was so good. So good. That's a story forever. That's an awesome story to tell. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. What type of things do you guys do as a family? What type of type of, you have a pretty big family there. Yeah. What kind of things do you guys do as a family? So there's no technology. So, so what do y'all, what do you get into? No, you know what? We, I, we finally got a camper, man. That is, it is, the greatest camping yeah. with air conditioning is the only way I'll go. And I'm telling you, we went with just a super simple, no pop outs, no fancy anything, no TV, none of that stuff, just air conditioning and lots of places for people to sleep and just live it up on that thing. Like yeah. all the state park, there's so much to do and see and nothing's better than than s'mores and fishing in your pajamas in front of other strangers who are in their pajamas walking around. Yeah. Like camping is the greatest. Yeah. So yeah. lots of that. And then we do hit up, um, I have one kid that's really into, uh, 
aquariums aquariums it's so cute the way he says it so we do um we've done a lot of the east coast you know big aquariums that's kind of his birthday trip thing love to travel my son that's in virginia um you know he's up there in school we got to take him back this weekend so lots of travel up there to virginia we do lots of camping up there all the really cool history stuff that's a part of that whole americana thing Mm -hmm. um and then we're outside a lot, you know? We've got lots of animals at the house, much to the chagrin of my neighbors. If anybody needs a pig, please reach out to me because I really need to get rid of my pig. How <laughs> many um, animals do you have? Hmm. Oh, gosh, I don't know. How many kids do I have? I don't even know that. Two, two <laughs> dogs. One of them is horrible. He's mm. super mean. And then, like, way a lot of cats. But that was not on purpose. And it's also not my fault. I believe in spay and neuter animals, whatever. But now we have a lot of cats. Mm. And um, a bunch of chickens and then this pig that my dog hates. That's why we need a new home for the pig. Yeah. 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 But no, you know, we're just outdoorsy kind of people. Right on. Yeah. So so it it sounds like in in the same way, I get the same vibe from you that I got from Dane. It seems like your family has a really strong influence on you. So I'm curious if you could just sort of articulate in what ways does your family motivate you? That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's the motivation. Right. Um, and I think that's also such a huge piece of why the financial part of what I do and my work is not important to me because I would rather have kids that grow up and make an impact than a buck. Yeah. Um, and we're never going to have, not to say never, but, hmm. I think everybody needs to do what's right for their family. So this is not commentary on how anybody else chooses to, you know, adjust their work-life balance. I would rather orient my life so that when things come up for my kids, I can be there for them. Or even when it's a work issue. So obviously I'm at the store a lot. I do the markets all the time, right? How do you get the kids involved in that? And just by the example that we set, that's how our daughter Sophia ended up with her dog biscuit company because now she's been exposed to entrepreneurship and the engagement and relationship that comes with the type of work that we do. And so completely on her own, decided to create this business of hers, which she doesn't want to do anymore. And that's fine. Like that's, she gets that from me. So sorry if you were a fan of the doggy delights, they're not coming back. But, um, you know, like I would, I would rather see that. I would rather set an example because I'm, what I am not is a stay at home mom. And I love, I love, and in a way I'm, I guess I'm jealous of the women that that works for, but that doesn't work for me. So instead I just have to be sure that I'm still growing the best kids possible and doing the things that I need to do as a mom. And I think you can do both or either or neither or totally do it your way or, you know, dad stays home, whatever, whatever it is that works for your family. But Mm -hmm. what works for us is me doing my thing, Dan doing his thing and the kids enjoying being able to come along for that ride. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so now you are also currently working very recently as the director of event sales for Catered by Vesh? Vesh. Vesh. Gotcha. Awesome. So talk about that a little bit. How did you get involved with them? 
Yeah, so my son Isaac went to the Sarah Vandenberg Tennis Academy last year, and um, Chef Vesh and his wife Patty had the restaurant there, and so we just became really good friends, because basically my son was living there, and they were feeding him all the time, and, you know, so we just got to know them, and things changed, and that that piece of what they were doing did not exist anymore. But at that point they'd already made all these great relationships and contacts in the East Pasco area. They have a venue on the West Pasco side, uh, served that pretty heavily. So, um, just in a like, Hey, how are you? Catch up conversation because they're good friends of mine. They said, Hey, you know, we really need to figure out a way to maintain our East Pasco relationship people over here love their food. I mean, honestly, like clearly I love food. So, um, there has never been something from him that has not been the best version of that thing that I've ever eaten. It's Mm. that kind of food. Mm. Um, so I, I want to be able to share that with the people over here. Yeah. Um, so just from, I don't know, you know, you have a skill set, you put it to use. It, you know, it's it still is just sales and building relationships and mm-hmm. and organizing and all the things that I have to do and everything else that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, business side note, the skills are the skills. That's why you go to school and you acquire the skills, because then it really doesn't matter what industry it's in mm-hmm. as long as you can apply them. Mm-hmm. So whether it's running the shop or running the markets or selling sewing machines or building houses, it's all the same skills, just applied differently. Right. So... Yeah, whatever. I mean, I just kind of do that for them and get to eat some good food here and there. Right on. It's yeah. like my dream job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you going about finding the clients? I mean, how, do you just go around? Is it social media? Do y'all advertise or something? Or do you? Do yeah, you- so we need to, I am working on building relationships with some existing venues. Okay. Um, don't want to step on the toes of anyone that's already over here, but I think, sure. you know, like anything else, you know, the, the high tide raises all the ships. So mm-hmm. the more business we have, the better food options we have, the mm-hmm. more events we have, the more brides we're bringing to our area, and we have that economic growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly they're coming. So I think I think there's plenty of opportunity for it here. So it's really just reaching out to those venues and introducing ourselves and our food, and, and the, it speaks for itself. I don't, you know, I don't have to do that piece of it. I just yeah. have to make sure brides are happy. So Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, very cool. All right, so now now let's start talking about the spoke a little bit. So it's the spoke, it's Dade City Marketplace and Visitor Center. So I believe the spoke opened back, was it February or March of this year? April Fool's April, Day. April Fool's Day, right on, okay. So, uh, so I have here, the spoke supports local startup and craft businesses by offering local foods, artisanal crafts, wine and beer, concerts in the park, and bicycle rentals. The spoke. Eat, drink, ru- shop, ride. Um, so I was hoping you could expand on that a little bit and tell us more about the spoke. So the city of Dade City partnered with the Florida Sports Coast, which is essentially Pasco County's marketing arm, to build the first visitor center for Pasco County. Um, and of course, Dade City being you know, kind of the hub of Pasco for the east side. It was a natural fit. We have this beautiful hardy trail that runs right through downtown. So they said, you know, let's acquire this piece of property that we can develop more in the future that's really going to cater to the people that we want to bring into town and have this visitor center. 
they built it and then the conversation kind of stopped there because I, I'm not sure that there was, and maybe intentionally, well, you know, we'll, we'll give them that, but I don't think there was a very clear picture of exactly what that was going to look like. Mm. Um, so they built the building. It's absolutely stunning and put it out to bid and said, okay, if you have a business, you know, bring it in, but here are all of the things that we want. We want food. We want someone to have bathrooms accessible. We want bicycle rentals. We want, you know, and so they had this long list of we wants and then expected somebody to kind of come in and go, okay, well, I can take all of that and then add my business to it. Mm. No one, no one bit that hook. Gotcha. Because it really does not work that way. Mm. Um, so some folks from the city approached Dan because of the Smart Start program and said, you know, it, would you, would there be a way that you can think of just, you know, in all of your experience and connections that you think that this building could be best served? Mm-hmm. Could we maybe bring your program here or whatever? And he was like, no, that's not how it works. Like, this is, you know, budgets don't work that way. And, um, you know, so the way that Dan and I work with just always being in contact with each other about ongoing projects and he's telling me about this building and he tried to kind of farm it out to some people he knew that maybe would be a good fit for it. I said, well, I have the marketplace and we already have all of these amazing vendors. And at the time I had a job, you know, like my other, other job, cause I always have to have three or four jobs at a time. I can't just have one job. Um, So I said, what a cool way to really showcase what East Pasco can do. Like, here's all these vendors making all these cool things. Let's take their stuff, put it in the shop, give them what they make, keep the bathrooms open, have some wine and beer available, which right now is for free because I don't have a license. So if you want some free wine or beer, come by. Um, And... Food options right now also are kind of non-existent because we're, we are having to go back in and retrofit. I'd, I didn't realize that that was not ready to go when I moved in. I'm just going to put that out there. So mm. we are having to go in and, and retrofit to actually put in a kitchen so we can have mm. food options. Gotcha. Um, there's just unassembled produce. So you can buy like lettuce or tomatoes, but you cannot buy lettuce and tomatoes in the same box because then that's a salad. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha, so gotcha. things like that. Um, but I don't know. I, I My original assumption was just like, oh, I'll have my job and then I'll just manage the spoke and I'll get people to, you know, work there. And then I lost my job. So mm. and I did not lose my job. Let me put that another way. I left my job <laughs> communally with the organization. Gotcha. Um, which ended up being a blessing anyway. More blessings. Um, <laughs> because really the amount of work that goes into making the spoke what it is mm-hmm. is not something that I can just hand off to anybody. Sure. Um, sure. Because it's all about relationships. Right. And there that is again. It's about building relationships. When people come through the door, I can make you know, restaurant recommendations to you. I can tell you all the cool shops to go to. Oh, Stephanie just got some new clothes in around the corner. Rustic Elegance, you know, pop over there. Mm -hmm, Great mm -hmm. salads at the tea room. Pop over to Farmhouse. They do this like crazy coffee thing, you know, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. 
I can direct people everywhere they need to go, but at the same time, by the time they leave the shop, I know all about their grandchildren and where they're from and why they're here. And, (laughs) you know, and then at the same time, they've been able to buy a piece of stained glass or, you know, a map of Dade City and, you know, and now we're friends. So I have, I have lots of friends. It's, it's all about relationship building being there. Mm-hmm. I don't make any money there. So mm-hmm. again, not my driver. It's not why I'm there. The money that we make, you know, kind of the way that the, the store functions is that the vendors pay a incredibly minimal amount of rent. It starts at like $50 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even that has been cut in half for summer. Mm. Sorry, I just like watching that thing. Is that weird? You're fine. Okay, all right. Um, and then they pay three percent of their sales. It just covers my credit card swipe fees. But then they make whatever they sell. They they keep the rest of that. So mm-hmm. I'm not in there to take their money from them. I'm in there to make sure that the shop runs. So yeah. the monthly rent covers the expenses, and I've I have put a tremendous amount of my own money into the place. If you've been in there, it's it's pretty. Yeah. Um, and there's all these like community spaces. So we've got like the seating area with the couches and a couple tables. So people come in and they hold their meetings there. You were there the other day with mm-hmm. Sarah DeSantis, yep. you know, Sweet Sprinkles, mm-hmm. signing her contract. We have a Rotary Club that meets there first and third Tuesday nights. Um, so there's all sorts of opportunity for it to be a hub for people of Dade City to come in and do their thing. Um, we have lots of locals that just come in and kind of hang out because they just need somewhere to come and, and just be and, yeah. and sit on my couch and have yeah. me like unofficially, officially coach them. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. Have For some free, free beer and wine. For free. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Here, grab a glass of wine and come on over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does so many things. And once the park is there and the park is developed, it's going to be outstanding. Yeah. I mean, it just is really going to be a place of community that when I go to other towns that I think are the direction that I hope Dade City is going in, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those those places that are the reason why I go there. So sure. that's, yeah. And Trey and Commissioner Starkey, please know that I'm trying to steal all of your ideas as well because Starkey Farms is epic. <laughs> all right. So there's that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, you're listed as the co-creator of The Spoke. So who is the other creator? Is it is it Trinity Wellness or Florida Sports Coast or both? Everybody. Every- Everybody's a co-creator. Okay, I, I, I get it. That's okay. what that is. You know, like, okay. am I the owner? Not really. Like, I'm not the owner. I mean, do I own the business? Yes. Mm. On paper, I have a lease with the city of Dade city that says that I have access to use the building and operate my quote business out of there. But yeah, I'm not in it to make money from it. So I'm not, you know, owner, CEO, executive, like those are sort of misleading titles for what it is because mm. what it is, is bringing people together, creating all of these amazing things and then sending those amazing things out into the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea of the spoke. So we are that connection between the community and the individual. So as a co-creator, it is my job to just be an influencer of attitudes and a motivator for creativity and a resource for information or friendship or Mm 
encouragement or ideas. And some of the ideas that come out of all of us just sitting around on the couches, you know, shooting the breeze are great. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, you know, we try to keep it a really positive place. And um, yeah, I don't know. Just come all you guys just come over. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, right on. So who came up, up with the name? Dan. That was, okay. Dan. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great name for, for what you guys have going on there. It fits perfectly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And fits perfectly. Yeah. Except everybody thinks it's a bike shop. Sorry, Rick. Uh, um, yeah. Because it is definitely not a bike shop. Let me be clear. It is not a bike shop because that, <laughs> that whole messaging that it is a bike shop is still strong with the locals. Mm. It's not a bike shop. Mm. Go to Rick's if you want a bike shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was Dan and it had the name before I took it over um, and started the actual spoke out of it. So mm. it's like a dog, you know, you rescue it, you don't rename it. That's rude. So yeah. and the, the, uh, the logo, did Dan come up with that too? No, I did that. You did the logo? Nice. Yeah, it's a good logo me. too. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so I found the business plan online uh, or I guess what I think is the business plan or something. Did you? Yeah, put that it was together? the proposal because everything is proposal. on public record, right? Because it's a city building. So I did have to go before the commission and present the idea and then they all had to vote on it and the whole thing. So all of that fun stuff is public record. Gotcha. Okay. So how did you, it, it, after reading it all, there was a lot of coordination involved with getting it all, to, all together, the construction, the staffing, I mean, getting the city on board with their pieces and all the voting and everything. I mean, how did you go about put getting all the moving parts together to make this happen? Uh, I think the same way you have to do anything with the government, you just sort of like throw something and hope it sticks somewhere. And if it doesn't, you have to pick it back up and throw it again. I mean, it definitely, um, I, so the, the city, I, I kind of just gave them what they wanted. So that part wasn't hard. I didn't try to come in and make it something else. You know, I said, here are your requirements. Sports coast, here are your requirements. Are we all cool that we're moving forward in this direction? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the direction we move forward in. I mean, things have had to kind of modify a little bit just based on, you know, it's hard during summer. It's been really tough to keep vendors because we don't have the traffic yet. And again, I'm not in the business of making money and stealing money. If my vendors are not making money, I don't want them there because I'm, I don't want to take your money. Like I lose sleep over that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's wrong on me. And I should just say, oh, give me your money anyway. Sorry, your products aren't moving, but that's just not how I operate. So that piece has been a little bit tough, but to combat that, you do what you do with any business and you say, okay, what's working? Let's do more of that. Or what else can I do to get people through my door? Mm-hmm. It's no one's responsibility but mine to make sure that people are coming in the door, things are being purchased, activity is happening. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm needing to accomplish. So you know, you, you make a couple adjustments here and there. I started bringing some of my own products in. I'm not a creative person. I like to buy plants and kill them. This is actually an opportunity to get to buy plants and then sell them to someone else to kill them. So like there's new things like that coming in. I have a ton of like actual Dade city branded, really beautiful things coming in. And then Mm. the garden club is going to be converting all of our current gardens outside 
to a monarch sanctuary. So that's going to have all sorts of fun implications of classes and workshops for kids and learning about the importance of butterflies. And I'll have, I'm, I have monarch products coming in out my ears so that if you want feeders or plants or whatever it is, like all of that will be there. So, you know, you just, you just stay flexible and do something else. Right. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Awesome. So who, um, Dacia, who is Florida sports coast? I see that I've heard their name mentioned quite a few times with just around town. Um, and I read in, in the proposal, I guess that you did that they're helping you or doing the advertising and marketing stuff. Is that right? Or no, did I read that wrong? Or So they, the easiest way to explain it is they are Pasco County's marketing arm. So they oh, are okay. the actual department for the county government gotcha. that brings people into Pasco County. So okay. um, Sports Coast, because we've got all these amazing sportsy things that happen over on the West Coast side, right? Like the paddle boarding and the fishing and now the scalloping is back and how they've helped contribute to the to all of that. But they're they're basically the marketing piece of that. Mm. Um, they did contribute my understanding, and again, you know, I, I wasn't there for all the financials, so don't hate me, but um that they gave the two hundred and fifty thousand, I believe, that actually physically built the building. You know, the city bought the property sports coast built the building mm. um they picked all of my interior colors because it's their branded colors and um you know so they give me some brochures and things i mean there's definitely more to be done on the sports coast side gotcha. as far as their presence in the shop okay um there's some tvs that are going to come in that are going to be able to rotate advertisements or just information for you know don't forget it's election day or yeah you know, pay your water bill here, whatever, you know, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I was just curious who, who they were. Okay. Um, so now you guys, uh, from the proposal I read, you have spots for, and this may have changed, but I believe two to three local artisans and you have 10 to 12 spaces for interior display. So how does, uh, someone go about becoming a local artisan? That's a spoke. So that all is totally different now because of the way that we ended up setting it up and the amount of space that people ended up needing. So I ended up just purchasing all of this shelving and basically you rent a shelf. So like one small shelf is $50. So if you're just a local attorney and you want to put a sign up that says, you know, let me do your divorce, you can pay $50 a month and you have like a whole shelf to yourself and you can pass out brochures and business cards, even come do events on, you know, uh, it's time to make your will, you know, and come and use the spoke as a place that you can give a classroom on making a will because it's more inviting than your law office, things like that. Sure. Um, so that kind of stuff is available. Okay. Gotcha. Um, the rest of the space, we actually have space for 56. So how that ended up working out and then people rent multiple shelves. So, um, I don't know. It just, it just depends on what is your stuff? How big is it? How do we make it work? Yeah. Obviously if you're selling soap, you don't you don't need 500 square feet of floor space i you know whatever yeah yeah um so we just try to make it work and then i try to consider the the actual retail cost of your products and mm-hmm. are you going to be able, again are you going to be able to make money being here yes yeah. okay let's move forward no sure. mm, let's evaluate this yeah so and so if I, if I have a widget and I want to get my product on a shelf at, at the spoke do i just pop in and and fill out an application how do how do i do it yep 
bring your product by. Let's look at it. Let's determine how much space you need. Let's go through all of that. There is a pretty lengthy contract that is mostly just, you know, typical contract stuff, but it's a month to month kind of deal. Yeah. Um, with a 30 day cancellation on it. So if it's not working out for some reason, you just need to give me a heads up about it. But, um, I've been pretty cool about that stuff too. Okay. I'm I'm pretty cool. Yeah. So <laughs> if you just come by and let's talk about it. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> we'll we'll okay. be able to figure it out. So bring your widget over. Let's right do on. It. Awesome. Okay. And then so we've we've talked about the beer and wine, coffee and tea, uh, brochure displays, and I also read this may have changed. Uh, uh, so but I also read there is a demonstration space for a vendor to demo products. Yeah. Yeah. We have. Um, well, a couple things we we can do classes you know we move some furniture around and we set up i know just this last sunday richard riley came by and did another one of his jewelry wrap classes which was a huge success it was a lot of fun we've had classes in watercolor you know again like where the rotary meets like that's just over in our little communal hangout area so everybody mm-hmm. pops over pulls up a chair jumps on the couch grabs a brew mm-hmm. you know hangs out mm-hmm. um so it just depends. And then we've got all that space outside that right now is not incredibly usable, but come season, you know, we'll have lots of things going on outside. Ideally, even getting more, we'll do our Spoke Sunday Market, which is the last Sundays of the month. Okay. Um, and that will have live music and all the vendors outside and lots of food trucks and just really trying to encourage some activity downtown on Sundays. Sure. Um, giving people a reason to come out and... Not that I don't love all of our our restaurants downtown, I absolutely do. But um, you know, Sundays pickings are a little more slim, so it's nice to just give people some options and some more reasons to come back and visit and sure. try again. You know, yeah, for sure. And and so to reserve that space or any of those, just again, just pop in, say hi. I want to reserve a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I can email applications to the vendors for all the vendor markets. You know, I I do lots of markets around town now. So we've okay. got the one in Murata. We've got one in the new Angeline complex, uh, which is Metro's newest development that attaches to the <laughs> new uh, Moffitt Cancer Center. Yeah. It's really a beautiful property. Uh, <laughs> homes range from, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful um, thing that they've got going out there. Tons of green space, um, community gardens, all kinds of stuff. I don't know. Nice. Um, and then the Dade City Marketplace, which is our classic first Saturday of every month, right in the heart of downtown across from the Dade City Car Show. Mm-hmm. We set up on Pasco Avenue between 7th and 8th. It's like 25 bucks to be a vendor there. You can't beat it. Um, and then we'll have a lot of other little specialty things coming up and hopefully some bigger expos in the future. That's the next step. So. Okay. Nice. How many vendors do you, do you have at this book right now? Do you know? Are all the shelves taken? Is there, no. is, there, is there space for no, new vendors? No, no, especially after summer. I mean, people have really come and gone mm. for summer because it's tough. I mean, nobody's nobody's downtown. And then you're combating having a new business. And, yeah. um, you know, I've certainly done my best to try to get people through the door. But mm-hmm. summer summer. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to be on about. So it's it has been really difficult for vendors. I've tried to... To do what I can to, you know, make it work for them for the summer of, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But okay, there's gotcha. space available. So what about, um, what about bicycle and scooter rentals? I see that people can pay by the hour, by the day. Um, so wh- how do people go about renting a bike or a scooter? Just pop in and. Just pop in. Yep. And um, 
We are doing a community bike ride, which is Mondays at 9 a.m. So before we open on Mondays, anybody can come by BYOB bicycle, mm-hmm. um, not brew. We're, we're not <laughs> 9 a.m. drinking and, and riding bikes. But yeah. Um, and when then we also have a bunch of bikes that we purchased, which we actually got from Fat Rick's Bicycle Emporium so that we were supporting another local business. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick's been absolutely amazing and, and helping out and teaching me all of the things that I probably should have known before I got into the bike rental business, but <laughs> that's a second conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pop by, run a bike, you have to take a helmet, you don't have to like it, but you do have to wear it. Um, especially kids, kids actually have to have to adults. You don't have to, but yeah. whatever you should. Sure. Okay, and so I seen. Um, so you have a Facebook page, and um, it's, it's a pretty active page. Who manages the page? Is that you or what? You manage the page. Okay. Um, when I was doing uh, con- conducting this research to get to get ready for this, it, you guys were up to uh, seven hundred and sixty five followers, probably more as of now. Um, and you've only been there for five months or so. That's a lot of followers. It's over 150 followers a month. I mean, that's pretty decent. How are you going about getting, I mean, cause I've had a Facebook page now for the, this show for four, four or so months and it's inching along nowhere near where you're at. So how are you going about getting all the followers so quickly? Don't ask me that. You need to ask the people that have the wine library. They mm. have like 5,000 likes already and they didn't even open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know how they've yeah. done it, but yeah. um, no, I think it just is. Um, I do pay for ads a lot, surprisingly, even mm-hmm. for my vendors. If I get a new product in, if somebody's doing a class, when we do the the Dade City co-creators, the meeting, the Dade City Love Project thing, like I, I pay for ads for all that stuff and try to encourage likes. Plus, you know, the vendors all of the vendors that we have in the shop also have their followings. And so then they share like, Hey, my stuff's in the spoke and everybody goes, Ooh, that looks cool. I like that. You know, right. now whether people are actually seeing it, mm, I don't know. You know, I, I, again, being a not super into tech kind of a person, I have a lot to learn when it comes to the intricacies of the metrics that make a successful post. But, um, you know, I just try to make it fun. The products sell themselves. Everything mm-hmm. is really cool and unique. So mm-hmm. I just try to get it out there and Sure. Yeah. You know, gotcha. Okay. Keep people interested. Yeah, right on. Okay. I love it. So your staff is comprised of part time workers and volunteers primarily. So how do you go about finding your staff? Or do you do you advertise? Is it word of mouth? I mean, how do you how do you get do you, do you, do you have any staff right now? Or? So um that has changed recently. Um, I like to give vendors the opportunity, you know, some of them are needing to put money into their products and don't necessarily have the space to also be able to pay their rent. Um, I do like to not have to be there all the time because, you know, again, that work-life balance thing, things come up. I need to see my kids, especially with market season coming on now. Like I can't be there on Saturdays because I'm out managing markets. So, Mm -hmm. Mm um, I do like to give vendors an opportunity to exchange their space for hours worked. Um, that, that isn't always super successful. Hmm. And I think that was going to be the same problem that the city had, um, in trying to man it with volunteers. You don't have the same kind of buy-in. We need to be open when we're open. If we say that we're going to be open, we need to be open. So, um, you know, volunteers tend to kind of tap out 
in inconvenient times. And then that sort of leaves you in a lurch. Right. Um, yeah. I am going to be working with um, Mark Gesner from St. Leo University. He is the director of their Social Impact MBA. Um, and I'm totally probably misspeaking all of the amazing things that Mark does over at St. Leo. But I'm going to be getting together with him in the coming weeks to get some interns and try to really give them an opportunity to take the deep dive and look at our books and see how we operate and, um, you know, do an internship type of a thing. And then I do need some staff. So if you have an amazing personality and you want to work weekends, call me. Yeah. Let's talk. I need people. Awesome. Okay. And the pay is terrible. (laughs) It's it's really terrible. I make nothing. So you're going to be making way more than me. So I don't really want to hear about it. All right. Um, all right. So, Daisy, so between, you know, being a health coach and a director of event sales and the co-creator of The Spoke and everything that's involved with running it, you're married, you're a mom of six kids, you have a lot going on. What does a typical day look like for you? Do you kind of have a schedule to your days or is it sort of just haphazard and you just kind of go with it? Yeah. I, man, you know, I love people that can make a schedule and stick to it. That must be so nice. Um, (laughs) The enemy definitely works against me for that because never have I been able to make a schedule and stick to it. I almost avoid it purposefully because I know as soon as I have a schedule, it implodes on itself. Mm -hmm. So no, I just try to be flexible and chill and expect others to give me a little bit of grace when I drop the ball here and there. Yeah. Um, because I offer them the same and I'm, I'm really funny about how I work with people. Like I have to like you. Mm-hmm. So if I don't like you, I don't have to work with you. Yeah. And, um, if you're going to be the kind of person that's not going to be pleasant to work with, then we're, we just don't need to be friends. Like that's okay. Yeah. You, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, again, it's, it's Dan. Dan picks it up. Dan Dan brings me the coffee and very delicately wakes me up in the morning because, yeah. you know, I'm up literally all night long. No exaggeration. Just with all of this constantly running through my head and the weight of needing to be responsible for the vendors and their success and my responsibilities to the city and making sure that my kids are happy. And um, I, I put a lot on my kids. And I think that that's something that parents are maybe not doing as much as we could. Um, And that responsibility really is to God. You, they understand clearly that their job is not to please me with what they do, but to please God with what they do. And so if they are putting their best efforts in, they're following through with their commitments, they're being kind human beings, um, they vegetables occasionally, whatever, then... I don't have any other expectations on them. So, like, I don't actually check their grades. I don't really care what their grades are, which that sounds terrible, and teachers hate it when I say that. And I used to be a teacher. So um, you can add that to the list of things I did. I taught math and drama. Um, Jeez. But I don't check my kids' grades because I really don't care. Um, I owe a lot to my husband. He's amazing. He picks up the pieces. He keeps it together. And he is a man that loves a schedule. So he will remind me. Like, he talked to me about this last night. And then he called me this morning at like 9.50 and said, hey, babe, are you awake? You know, you got that thing in a letter. 
And I'm going, yeah, I'm awake. Stop calling me. No. But no, I can't do a schedule. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. all up here somewhere. Yeah. I got you. It gets okay. done. It gets so, done or it doesn't. The world's not going to stop revolving because I don't get something done. But yeah. I do what I can. Yeah. Okay. So have you ever... Um, have you ever struggled with trying to find ways to hold yourself accountable to do the things that you've told yourself you're going to do as a business owner? It's, it's, it, I found it can be really easy to just let things go when you don't have a boss hanging over your head to make sure you've checked those items off the list. So how do you go about doing it? What are, what are some of your tips for, for ways to hold yourself accountable? Hmm. I have some, oh man, that's a tough one because I do, if I, that's where I'm losing sleep, right? Like if I'm not doing what I need to be doing, I'm losing sleep about it. So I try to avoid that because I like sleep. Yeah. I have a couple friends um, that come into the shop occasionally and they really shake my tree about stuff like ask me the tough questions and make sure that I'm keeping it together. I also cry a lot because <laughs> I take things really personally. Like this is not like, and maybe that's one of the things that I think for people who do their job for money, it's really, it's not easy to do your job, but it's way easier to do your job because you have this task. And when you do this task, then you make money at the end of this task. And even as a business owner, like I look at, some other like local businesses that they're hugely financially successful and it is they're constantly posting and they're always about the money and then they're out on their boat on the weekends and I'm watching them do all this cool stuff and and maybe if money was my driver it would just be easier because there would be such a finite solution to the Mm -hmm. efforts that I put in Mm -hmm. but I don't do that so all of my work because it's all relational And because I, you know, I don't really make a lot of money in anything that I do, right? Even when I was a teacher, I I think I got paid like 11 grand a year to teach full time. But you, it becomes personal. And so because it becomes personal, when I'm maybe misrepresented in town or by another business owner, or when I have given so much of my time, effort, energy, consideration, and grace to a vendor and tried to help them with their business and tried to support them and then they turn around and do something that is hurtful. Um, It's not at that point just a business transaction. It's not just me going, fine, then I'm going to cancel your contract because that doesn't benefit anybody. It's me sitting on my couch at the store bawling my eyes out because my feelings are hurt. And mm-hmm. that sucks. I mean, mm-hmm. language, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, but that's also why on the flip side of that, when there are huge successes, it's like a group success. And everybody is happier at the end of it. And, and all sorts of people's businesses thrive. And all sorts of customers have had satisfaction. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just, it's, it's very, 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 very personal for me. Which also makes it hard for Dan. Because then he has to, like, deal with the, <laughs> you know, the repercussions of that. But, yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, sometimes I just have a couple beers. So so let me ask you this then. This is a perfect segue to the next question. Do you have any relief valves? I mean, how do you let, I mean, any good books you read, podcasts, yoga, any lakes you go to for the Zen moment? Like, how, how do you relieve the stress? Yeah, I, I like music. I love, um, I don't know, concerts. Like, I'll go to concerts. Uh, that's kind of one of my relief valves. Because my son's in school in Virginia, you know, I drive up there once a month and I like to go by myself and just make it a whole thing and like a quiet weekend and stay somewhere by myself and eat too much food on the road and, <laughs> um, you know, drive and listen to the Jordan Peterson podcast, you know, yeah, like yeah. that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, love that. And then, you know, British TV. That's another good one. Okay. Um, you're, you're a British humor person. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> mostly just the the killing people mystery kinds of things. Oh, okay, I got, okay, it's, okay. it's, it's gotta be a release, right? And <laughs> camping with the kids, hanging out with the kids, gardening with the kids, yeah. um, buying more animals. And then in the shop, my new release and has, you know, just crying for a different reason is all of the plants. We're going to get all these really cool plants and things. In. And so right now the shop looks like a garden center, um, because there's all this cool stuff in there that we're going to be doing, like really artsy plant things. So mm-hmm. that piece of the gardening that I used to really love that got me into the square foot gardening and that being in the soil and back to nature, and that is super zen for me. Um, awesome. In a non-Eastern way. Yeah, yeah, right on. <laughs> okay. And so what about, um, so you, you talked about your relief valves, but what about how do you stay confident in those tur- so when times get tough it's turbulent times and you have to see it through i mean the only other option is to turn tail and run so how do you stay confident and focused when times get tough narcissism <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's a complete lie. You know, I, I really try to, uh, view whatever mental health disorders, the positive light. So I'm a narcissist. Maybe that's it because I really just think I can do it. Yeah. You know, even when I can't do it, I still think I can do it. Sure. It just, um, and if it doesn't work, whatever, chuck it in the bin and, and move on to the next thing and just do something else. I can't let, if the little things are always catching up to me, I can't, you know, so I just don't, if I don't get my, I make sure that my vendors get paid on time. That is one thing that I do not compromise on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is if I have made a commitment to another person, I get that stuff checked, period. They get paid on time. Um, you know, if I don't, well, I don't even know. You know, if I don't get products ordered on time because I'm just taking too long to go through the catalog and pick out what I want or I'm being wishy-washy about it, then that's on me because the only person that suffers from that is myself. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. will not make anyone else suffer for my mistakes. Gotcha, Um, yeah. And I just have tried to remove myself from like some of the drama and negativity. I think that's such a big piece of it too. I don't, I don't need to be a part of any of that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have kind of had to just operate the spoke in its own little bubble apart from all of whatever unpleasantness may be going on. I don't, I don't need to be in that. I got my own thing. I got my own couch to cry on. So come over and have a beer and let's plant a plant and (laughs) and just chill and be cool people. And at the end of the day, if, 
if somebody else is coming out for the better of it and that person isn't me, I still achieved my mission. So yeah. right on check. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, so Daisha, what advice? So if you had an aspiring entrepreneur, someone who's come to you and said, man, you have quite the business experience. You've done a lot. I'm just starting out. I'm starting my business and I'm coming to you. I'm just looking for some tips and tricks, some some words of wisdom for someone just starting out. What type of advice would you have for someone like that? Make it about somebody else. Don't make it about you. Um, even if it's in your product design how does it benefit somebody else? How does it serve somebody else? Because that's the products that people need. Like if you want to look at it just from a financial perspective and a functionality perspective, make a product that people want that they need. Um, if you can bring, bring something else into it, you know, create a product that gives back. There's a lot of that going on. And I think a lot of that is, you know, this, this was like a whole thing with ministry too, right? Like, are you just putting this like, title and social justice issue on your product because you think it's going to sell more. I think plenty of people do that. And their goal in doing that truly is just to to get sales up. But you know what? In the end, it still benefits people. So whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So think about that. And find ways. There are always ways to serve. Find ways to serve. Because ultimately, the only thing that is gratifying Money, there is no cap on money that is ever gratifying, which is, I think, because I've realized that why it's not a driver for me, because I know my personality enough to know that it would never be enough. Um, So just find ways to raise other people up. Give somebody a chance that maybe couldn't get a job somewhere else. Try. It doesn't always work out, but try. Um maybe throw a special up. Lanky Lassie did it for me when I was at the Boys and Girls Club. You know, she had the Lacucci lemon blueberry and then like threw some kickbacks to the Boys and Girls Club. Um, So little things, there are always ways to benefit other people because Mm -hmm. benefiting other people is the only thing that's actually gratifying, period. Find ways to do that. Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay. Daisha, so perfect. So we're going to kind of start winding this thing down here. Are there any topics that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about? Or maybe a topic that we did cover that you want to dig a little deeper on? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea. All right. No, I think we... Okay. Oh, just come... October Monarch Festival, we are doing, uh, we're going to try to do a little fundraiser um, fashion show. We're bringing that back. One of our vendors is going to do a fashion show. Nice. And it is um, going to benefit Caterpillars to Butterflies, which is a local foster organization. Okay. Um, We were foster parents for a while. Definitely one of the most difficult things I've ever done. I commend anyone that's willing to put up with that system. Um (laughs) Definitely not on the kids, but man, what a broken system. Mm. Um, but that, yeah. Find out more about that when it's time to come. I, had to, I could plug that one because I love yeah. Caterpillars to Butterflies. They're doing some really amazing things. So if you want more about that, look them up on Facebook as well. Okay, perfect. All right, so we're going to end this with what I call my newly revised 
two quick question round. I have two final quick questions for you. Question number one, how would you define the word entrepreneur? Mm. Business risk taker. I don't know. It was a quick answer, right? I don't know. As long as as long as you want, don't have to be quick. Yeah, just someone, somebody that's willing to like take a risk to do something great. It doesn't even have, you know. Again, it it always isn't financial. So, however that looks, that you're willing to jump in and and be the leader and spearhead something that um, that creates some sort of product, physical, personal, spiritual, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that other people need and will consume. Love it. Awesome. And so my final question, and it's just, uh, they're quick for me to ask, not for you to answer. <laughs> oh. uh, so last question, how would you define the word success? Hmm. Impact, impact, that can be a loaded word, but I think success is measured by your impact. So have I been a successful parent? I won't know until my kids are adults and, and I, I see what they're doing with their lives which is hugely weighty, which as a side note, I think is also the reason why God makes all of your kids totally different. So, you know, you know that it was not entirely your parenting that made them who they are because you raise them all the same and they all come out totally different. (laughs) Um, But yeah, even your impact in business. And there are definitely ways to be financially successful and hugely impactful. Like don't let me give the impression in this talk that money doesn't matter for entrepreneurs. It just doesn't matter to me. Um, But I get that for probably all of the people that I serve at the spoke, all of my vendors, that is the motivator for them. And I have the skills to share with them to maximize that and can coach them through that or give them the resources for other people that can coach them in that direction um, absolutely. I get it. Money is important. And I, you know, for somebody that spends so much money, you'd think I would care about it a little bit more, but, um, <laughs> yeah. What was the question? I feel like I, I just totally world on that. Oh, success. It's a different definition for everybody. See, it's, it's yeah, I, I don't like know. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I squirreled on that. Whatever. It's success okay. is whatever. Yeah, you are, are you, are you satisfied in what you do? Yeah. You know, do you have a successful marriage? Is it a happy marriage? Do you have cool kids? Good job. Do you wake up every day and look forward to going to work? Awesome. Do you not, but you do it anyway? That's cool too, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Right on. Yeah. Fantastic. Longer answer. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. good at this. I love it. All right. So, uh, so Daisha, how can people find you? I want you to plug your website. You, you talked about the uh, one event a minute ago, but plug it again. Any social media you want to plug, different events, anything at all, just plug all of your stuff. Yep, the best way to reach out to me is by phone, 813-766-4836. Please pick up the phone and talk to me. I'm a relational person. You can pop by the spoke and find me. I'm usually there Thursday through Monday from 10 to 6. Um, I do have other things going on. So occasionally, either someone else will have to be there to man the fort, and I will not be there for you to hang out with. Um, Or, you know, at times when it's totally unavoidable, and I apologize for those of you who have come by, sometimes we just have to close. Hopefully that changes once season kicks in and, and we've got some more people coming through the door. But find the spoke on Facebook. Find me personally on Facebook. Um, but really just pick up the phone and call me and let's have a conversation or pop over and let's have a conversation because yeah. that's 
that's how I roll. I will not respond to your text messages, voicemails, or emails in a timely <laughs> manner. I'm just going to give you that heads up right now. So if you need me, you better catch me. Better call. Got you. Okay, right on. Awesome. Well, Daisha, thanks a lot for being here. This has been a fantastic interview. And for everyone else, thanks a lot for tuning in. If you've enjoyed the show, then please share it around so others can join in as well. The best way for new listeners to find the show is for our current listeners to talk about us. So give us a like, drop us a comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Facebook at TAOB Podcast. Please give us a five-star review over on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google Podcast or anywhere you're streaming the show. It really does help us a lot. Please, please, please. It's free and only takes two seconds. Also, go over to our website and take our survey. Let us know how we're doing. It's four questions long, takes less than three minutes. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Baker, and this has been another episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now.